Hello, my dear friends. I today bring you a short story from the book Off Limits Tales of Alien Sex, published in 1996. It's an anthology of short stories and a sequel to the presumably successful, more pedestrianly titled Tales of Alien Sex, published earlier in the 90s. This short story. Uh, that I've chosen and have not read yet, uh, is by Neil Gaiman. It's called Eaton, brackets, scenes from a moving picture. And uh, I don't know what it's going to be like to read, because I don't know what it's going to be about. And as an interesting co-challenge, it seems to be written in iambic pentameter, but also formatted a little bit like a screenplay. Um, It starts with a preface about Neil Gaiman. Neil Gaiman is a transplanted Briton who now lives in the American Midwest. He is the author of the award-winning Sandman series of graphic novels and co-author with Terry Pratchett of the novel Good Omens. He also collaborated with artist Dave McKean on the brilliant book Mr. Punch. Gaiman is a talented poet and short story writer whose work has been published in Snow White, Blood Red, Ruby Slippers, Golden Tears, Midnight Graffiti, and Touchwood, Narrow Houses 2. Several of his stories have been reprinted in the year's Best Fantasy and Horror. His collection, Angels and Visitations, reprints much of his shorter work. Eaton is a poem in iambic pentameter, one of several pieces in this book inspired by dreams. It is generally more raw than most of Gaiman's work. Internal, Webster's office, day, as Webster sits reading the LA Times, McBride walks in and tells in. Flashback, how a sister came to Hollywood 11 months ago to make her fortune and to meet the stars. Of how he'd heard from friends that she'd gone strange, imagining the needle, or far worse, he traveled out to Hollywood himself, and finds her standing underneath a bridge. Her skin is pale, she screams at him, get lost, and sobs and runs. A tall man dressed in black grabs hold of his sleeve, tells him to let it drop. Forget your sister, but of course he can't. In Sepia, we see two young teens as young McBride and sister way back when giggled beneath the porch. I'll show you mine. Closer, perhaps, than siblings ought to be. Pan up to watch a passing butterfly when we hear them breathe and fumble in the dark. In close-up now, he spurts into her hand. She licks her palm. First makes a face, then smiles, hold on her lips and teeth and on her tongue, and flashback. Webster says he'll take the case, says something flip and hard about L.A., like how it eats young girls and spits them out and takes $100 on account. Cut two, the purple pussy, int, a dive. Three naked women dance for dollar bills. Webster comes in and talks to one of them, slips her a 20, shows a photograph. The stripper, standing close enough that he could touch her, but the bouncer's on patrol. Weird steroid cases who will break your wrists. Admits she thinks she knows the girl he means. Then Webster leaves. Int. Webster's condo. Night. A video awaits him at his home. It shows a woman, lovelier than life. Shot from the ribcage up, her breasts exposed, advising him to let the whole thing drop. Forget it, promising she'll see him soon. Dissolve to Int McBride's hotel room, night. 
McBride, alone and lying on the bed, he's watching softcore porn on pay-per-view. Naked, he rubs his cock with Vaseline, lazy and slow, he doesn't want to come. A bang upon the window. He sits up, flaccid and scared, he's on the second floor, and opens up the window of his room. His sister enters. Looking almost dead, implores him to forget her. He says no. The sister shambles over to the door. A woman dressed in black waits in the hall. Brunette in leather, kinky as all hell, who steps over the threshold with a smile. And then they have sex. The sister stands alone. She watches as the brunette takes McBride. Her skin's necrotic blue. She's fully dressed. The brunette gestures curtly with her hand. Off come the sister's clothes. The sister looks a mess. Her skin's all scarred and scored, one nipple's gone. She takes her gloves off and we see her hands. Her fingers look like ribs or chicken wings, all well chewed and rescued from a garbage can. Dry bones with scraps of flesh and cartilage. She puts her fingers in the brunette's mouth and fade to black. Int Webster's office day. The phone rings. It's McBride. Just drop the case. I've found my sister and I'm going home. You've got $500 and my thanks. Pull back on Webster, puzzled and confused. Montage of Webster here. A week goes by. We see him eating, pissing, drinking, drunk. We watch him throw his girlfriend out of bed. We see him play the video again. The video girl stares at him and says she'll see him soon. I promise, Webster, soon. Cut to... The place of eaters underground, pale people stand like cattle in a pen. We see McBride, the flesh is off his chest, white meat is good. We're looking through his ribs, his heart is still, his lungs however breathe. Inflate, deflate, and tears of pus ran down his sunken cheeks. He pisses in the muck, it doesn't steam, he wishes he were dead. A dream! As Webster tosses in his bed, he sees McBride, a corpse beneath a bridge, I'll intercut with lots of shots of food to make the theme explicit. This is art. External, L.A., day. Webster becomes obsessed. He has to find the woman from the screen. He beats somebody up, fucks someone else, fixates on, I'll see you, Webster, soon. He's thrown in prison and they come for him, the man in black attending the brunette. Open his cells with keys, escort him out, and leave the prison building. Through a door, they walk him to the car park. They go down. Below the car park, beneath the town, past shadowed, writhing things that suck and hiss, and glossy things that laugh and things that scream, now other feeder folk are walking past. They handcuff Webster to a tiny man who's covered with vaginas and with teeth, and escorts Webster to the Queen's Salon. An interjection here. My wife awoke, scared by an evil dream. You hated me. You brought these women home. I didn't know. And they knew me. And then we had a fight. And after we had shouted, you stormed out. You said you'd find a girl to fucking eat. This scares me a little. As we write, we summon little demons. So I shrug. The handcuffs are removed. He's left alone. The hangings are red velvet. Then they lift, revealing the queen. He recon we recognize her face, the woman we saw on the VCR. The world divides so sweetly, neatly up, into feeder folk and their prey. That's what she says. Her voice is soft and sweet. Imagine honey ants. 
the tiny head, the chest, the tiny arms, the tiny hands, and after that the bloat of honey swell, the abdomen, enormous as it hangs, translucent made of honey, sweet as lust. The queen has quite a perfect little face, her breasts are pale, blue-veined, her nipples pink, her hands are white, but then below her breasts the whole swells, like a whale, or like a shrine? The human honey ant, she's huge as rooms, as elephants, as dinosaurs, as love. Her flesh is opalescent, and she calls poor Webster to her. And he nods and comes. She must be over twenty-five feet long. She orders him to take off all his clothes. His cock is hard. He shivers. He looks lost. He moans, I'm harder than I've ever been. Then with her mouth, she licks and tongues his cock. We linger here, the language of the eye becomes a bland, unflinching blowjob porn. Her lips are glossy and her tongue is red. Hold on her face, we hear him gasping. Oh, oh baby, yes. Oh, take it in your mouth. And then she opens her mouth and grins and bites his cock off. Spurting blood pumps out into her mouth. She hardly spills a drop. We never do pan up to see his face, just her. It's what they call the money shot. Then, when his cock's gone down and the blood's congealed, we see his face. He looks all dazed and healed. Some feeders come and take him out of there, down to the pens he's chained beside McBride, deep in the mud like carcasses picked clean who grin at them and dream of being soup. Poor things. We're almost done. We'll leave them there. Cut to a lonely doorway where a tramp has three cold fingers. Up and another tramp. They're starving but their finger fuck like hell. And underneath the layers of old clothes, beneath the cardboard, newspaper, and cloth, their genders are impossible to tell. Pan up to watch a butterfly go past. Ends. Eaton, Scenes from a Moving Picture, Neil Gaiman. This began somewhere in my head in May 1993, as amusing on the way people treat one another, and on film and on the limits and language of film, on pornography and of the low standards of pornography, on the language of film treatments and scripts, and on the relationship between food and sex. Or it began one night in 1984, when I had a nightmare in which I was being eaten alive by an elderly witch woman. I was being kept for food, a zombie, Following her around, my left arm and hand were just bone and clinging morsels of chewed flesh. I turned the dream into a story back then, but fragments of it still lingered and began slowly to wrap another story around themselves. Layers of nicarious image accreting, layering themselves around something I would still rather not have in my head. When I read scripts and when I write them, I always pronounce in my head, int or ext, just that, not interior or exterior. I was surprised to discover, on showing a few early readers this poem, that other people do not do this. Eaton is a very literal poem, however, and pronounces the words just like I do. Be well, my friend.